0: Robing the eyes, appreciating that pressure, the temples, notice that warmth, the cheeks, The ears, tugging down on the earlobes, bringing the hands to the back of the neck and just rubbing that area up. Notice the giving and the receiving in this exercise. Give your attention percentage a little bit more to the receiving. Receive the pressure, the warmth, the touch. Appreciating it. Bringing touch to the neck, the front of the neck. We're going to move it down the shoulder of one arm and we're going to touch or tap the arm, the hand, under, under the arm, the armpit, down a little bit, to the other arm, the hand, Touching the chest, appreciating that pressure. Sometimes I like to just hold it, and it feels like my hand is in clay, receiving the touch. Soaking it in. And then the sides of the body, the belly. Those hip bones and then reach back and rub the kidneys in the low back area noticing what's happening in the body with that attention and that touching coming down the right upper leg <clears throat> Swirling the attention into the knee, the lower leg, and then take your foot and move it if you can, that ankle, and tap the bottom. And then, just with your thumb, press bubbling spring. Notice that spot. And then pound it a little bit. Bringing the attention and the touch to the upper leg of the left side. Remember, receive the touch. There's all that giving, but notice the body being touched. And then the knee. I like to think of swirling energy in the knee, the lower leg. And then shake that ankle if you can. Massage the foot. Find bubbling spring. Pound it out a little bit. And then come to standing. We've just got a little bit of time left. We're going to do one more Qigong exercise. I learned this from a teacher named Jan Parker. She's out of um, British Columbia. Um, and she, I think she learned it. I, I actually don't know where she learned it, but she got it from somewhere. Um <coughs> It's called chi permeating method, and so with this exercise, and it's going to be about six minutes, and then it's we're six minutes to eleven here. Um, I want you to imagine. Um, I want you to put a word to the to the in uh, an image to the word clear and clean, pure and clean, like Lake Superior, the air. Fire, just like any kind of image you can think of with the words pure and clean. And we're just going to, we're going to, this is what this is. We're going to gather up energy like this. And we're going to be receptive to pure and clean energy. Open yourself up to pure, clean energy, Lake Superior, the clouds. And we're going to gather it up, and we're going to start bringing it down, coursing it down through the front of the body, pure, clean energy down the front. Let that energy move down, all the way down, through the legs, the front of the legs, (coughs) into the feet, and imagine that energy moving three feet down into the ground, through bubbling spring. We're going to come up, gather clear, pure energy. Bring it down to the front of the body, noticing flow, movement, all the way down to the front. Moving out through bubbling spring, down, three feet into the ground. Notice that feeling. And now we're going to come up and we're going to Move that same energy, pure, clean energy, down the back of the body. So just imagine the water in Lake Superior. And just imagine as we come down it, moving down the back, the kidneys, the buttocks, the back of the legs, back of the knees, into the heel, down into the ground, three feet. Raising up, gathering clean, pure energy. Bringing it down, letting it come Coursing through the back of our body, the back of the neck, back of the shoulders, the back of the ribs, all the way down the back of the legs, down into the ground through bubbling spring, three feet. Coming to center. We're going to do that two more times, but I want you to check your posture. Check in with your breath. Noticing the mind. Being open and receptive, gathering clean, pure energy. And we're going to come down to the top of the head to the meeting of a hundred places. We're going to tap it. And we're going to imagine that clean, pure energy going right through that core, the core of the head, the root of the tongue, the center of the neck, The core of the torso all the way down to the Tan tien, the lower abdomen, and we're going to separate it into two lines of energy as it comes down through the marrow of our large bones in our legs. Imagine that energy permeating down through the long bones of our lower legs, down through bubbling spring, out, three feet into the ground. One more time. Rising up. In your relaxed, softened body, a present mind, Even breath, gathering clear, pure energy. Using your metaphor, Lake Superior, fire, the Mississippi River, ancestors, some energy, and let it come down, gathering it into the top of the head, Tap it a little bit, gently. Let that energy come in to the core of our head, behind the eyes, the root of the tongue, down through the middle of the neck, the space in the middle of our solar plexus, all the way down to the sea of chi, the core of the sea of chi, separating that energy, let it go down our legs to the middle of our large bones, permeating the bone marrow, the lower legs, Down through bubbling spring, three feet into the ground. We're going to come put our hands together at our bellies. And just settle for a moment as we end this session. Noticing... posture, our breath in the body, and the mind. All right. Thank you.
1: So let's let's gather back and we can start out with everyone sitting if you like. Make yourself comfortable. We're gonna do a little sitting. Um, I'll be talking a little bit and then we will um, do some exercises. We can do either sitting or standing and then later we'll do some standing exercises. We really appreciate all of the turnout today and last night. Um, As many of you know, this is kind of an experimental thing. We've never done this before at Common Ground, the Movement and Meditation Workshop. We've had Qigong workshops in the past um, with Franz Merkel, our teacher, uh, who travels. But this is the first time we've kind of tried to bring it in-house and do it with the resources we have here. Um, so it's a little experimental. We And part of that is that none of us teachers knew much about what the other teachers were gonna be doing. Um, so it's, uh, it's an adventure for us as well. Um, and at the end, I think we're gonna ask for feedback and what worked for you and what didn't work for you. Um, it'll help us refine this in the future as we go forward. So let's begin by just sitting for a moment. Um, oh, oh, you have it on. I have it on. Can you hear me? Is it is it working? Yeah. All right. Is this working? Can everyone hear me? Okay. Okay. All right. Just find a comfortable spot to sit. And uh, I'm assuming everyone here is probably, has some sort of meditative practice. Um, So let's just sort of settle in, like you usually do, to meditation. Comfortable position, breathing, closing your eyes. Becoming mindful, whatever that means to you. In your body, with your breath. Part of what I'd like to invite you to do today is to experiment with awareness. Where is my mind? Most of us think of our mind. It's in our head, right? It's behind the eyes somewhere. But what about the body? Does the mind extend there? This whole workshop is really based around an invitation to explore bodyfulness as well as mindfulness. And part of that is letting the mind be loosened up from the anchor of the head, the brain, and letting it drift around and find awareness goes where it wants to go. A lot of the ancient cultures, including the Chinese culture that Qigong arose from and Chinese medicine comes out of, believed that the mind was centered in the heart. And I think that in in Buddhism and loving kindness practice, we often bring a tremendous amount of awareness to the heart, openness of the heart. So I invite you to open that or be open to that. Uh, Notion that the mind can exist outside the head. It can go to the heart, go to the lower abdomen, go to the stomach. It can go lots of places. So one thing I've noticed about my own meditation practice is that when I close my eyes, it's a lot easier for me to shut out that visual world that is so dramatic and um, entertaining and um, delightful in many ways and um, go within and find, find what I'm really feeling inside in the darkness. It's easier to let the mind go and drift around, find other locations other than the head. But when you open your eyes and you bring the world in, and I invite you all now to open your eyes, And um, just focus on whatever um, occurs to you, the person in front of you or beside you, something on the other side of the room. This is kind of what we normally do, right? This is where our consciousness goes. It goes to that that's in front of us. But you can also soften the focus and let the mind kind of, um, you can do this by um, encouraging the peripheral vision. So let the the mind just soften the focus. Bring in things that are at the far side of your peripheral vision. And this kind of light lets the whole room, in this case, the whole world, comes in. It's another type of mindfulness that includes everything, really. And settling into that place where it's all there with an open heart. Sometimes it helps if you just kind of lightly close the eyes. So you're just letting a little bit of light in. And the focus can soften and let it all in. And now you can open your eyes again. And i to talk a little bit about some of the, um, the kind of the key concepts around um, Qigong practice, um, Chinese medicine practice. that are kind of elusive to us in the West, um, but that I think are useful to have at least a, a vague understanding of. Um, there's Qi, we talk about chi a lot. This sort of universal—what is it? Is it energy? That's how well we usually refer to it. Um, is it subtle? Is it vital energy? Is it life force? These are kind of the way most Westerners think of chi. Um, in China, you know, chi has many definitions. I think I read in one dictionary there are 23 different definitions. Of the word chi. Um, and it's one of those words that uh, it almost has too many definitions, so it becomes a little bit hard to say exactly what it is. Um, but uh, I think it's, it all boils down to, in my mind, it's that invisible force that's behind things that makes them move. So when we're doing Qigong or we're doing any kind of movement activity, there's this invisible internal force that is helping us move through the world. That's our qi. Um, the, um, you know, the Chinese, they say, there's the qi of the earth, there's the qi of the mountain, there's the qi of the cloud, there's the qi of the body, there's the qi of the lungs, there's the qi of the kidneys, there's all kinds of qi. And it all uh, boils down to this sort of invisible thing that makes that real, that thing real. Um, one of my colleagues, a Chinese woman, who uh, was raised in Hong Kong, told me that her mother used to say, when she was frustrated with, with her as a child, say, I have no more chi for you. you know, kind of like an American woman would say, hey, you're getting on my last nerve. Just uh, you know, get out of my sight. I have no more chi for you. And, and I think that sort of shows us how, how that, that concept really permeates a culture the concept of there's this inner thing that makes me do things in the world and I'm, I'm running out of it for you, kid. Um, that, it's a very cultural thing, I think, and I don't know if there's any equivalent in, um, in Western culture to that idea. But we've adopted it and we haven't really tried to translate it. We just use the word qi, um, but we kind of have our own way of interpreting that. So that's what we're cultivating in Qigong in movement exercises. That's what we're circulating in our bodies. In Chinese medicine, we talk about qi circulating through channels in the body. Uh, Sarah touched on that quite a bit about keeping those channels open. The opening of the channels is what keeps our bodies free-flowing, prevents pain, prevents dysfunction. When the qi is blocked, that's when we get dysfunction. That's why there's You know, there's opening up, there's keeping things loose uh, and never wanting to lock things down. So um, another concept I'll just touch on briefly um, is yin and yang, and everybody is kind of familiar with that. Again, we've adopted the yin-yang ideas into Western uh, vernacular, um, but in Chinese culture and Chinese medicine, uh, yin-yang has very definitive meanings. Yin is the solid, earthy, um, it's, um, it's grounded, it's moist and damp, um, it's, it's of the earth, it's of um, substance, whereas yang is kind of ethereal of the heavens, it's uh, uplifting, and, and it, uh, it, it's, it's just a, a much more dynamic force, too, because it's muscle-moving. Um, so those two ideas... Permeate a lot of Chinese medicine, Chinese thought, as well as Qigong thought. And in Qigong, you can think of it and in movement in general. You can think of it as anything that's yang is outward moving, so it's it's expanding. Um, whereas anything that's yin is in is becoming more inward and contracting. So it's in the breath itself. There's this movement of inward and outward. That's a yin and yang dichotomy, and. Um, and in, in our lives, um, there is kind of a period when we are more quiescent at night. That's kind of a yin time of the day. Whereas as the day goes onward and we get to the midday era period, it's a very yang. There's a lot of sunlight coming down. There's a lot of energy in the air. Um, so all of life has these kind of factors where we are moving back and forth between the two. Um, there's also the idea with yin and yang is that there's no absolute. There's no absolute yin. Nothing is absolutely yang. Within yin, there's always this seed of yang. Within yang, there's always a seed of yin. So they sort of give birth to each other. And if you remember this sort of fish symbol of the yin and yang, um, within the yin, which is always depicted as a black sort of fish sign, there's the little eye, the little hollow eye of white yang. And within the yang, which is the white fish, there's a little black eye of yin. So that's the idea that one is giving birth to the next. And this, this is a part of the cycle of life as well, that the darkness gives birth to the light, the light fades and gives birth to the darkness. And then the last uh, concept I wanted to touch on is, and people seem endlessly fascinated by this, but it seems by far the most metaphysical and, for me, hard to understand a part of Chinese medicine and Chinese culture is five-element theory. Um, five-element theory deals with the transformations, really. I, I, I've come to think of it more as uh, five phases. It's one thing transforms into another. So fire transforms um, into ashes. Ashes transform into metal. Metal transforms into water. Water transforms into wood. Wood feeds the fire, and the fire creates ashes. So there's this circularity to um, five-element theory that I think really starts to make sense, and it gives a way of sort of, uh, again, talking about the cycles of life, in the four seasons, plus they add a fifth season, which is late, the time we're in, really, kind of late summer, early fall, harvest time is, uh, is, the, is the fifth element. So this comes into play in our practice with Qigong in something we call the healing sounds. Um, and I know a lot of you have had some exposure to healing sounds if you how many people attend the regular weekly Qigong? I, I recognize a lot of faces here, but so we have a regular weekly <clears throat> practice of Qigong here on Wednesdays. Mark leads, I lead, um, and there's some other people in the community that lead it. Um, and, uh, we practice this healing sounds, um, um, practice there. And it's really about singing and bringing awareness, again, bringing the mind into the body, into the internal organs of the body and sort of helping, uh, us come in touch with those organs and, and, and love those, those parts of ourselves that are inside and, um, bring the chi and energy there. So, um, now you can do this either sitting or standing. I'm going to stand because this is the way I usually do it. But we're going to do some of this um, healing sound practice now. Now the idea with healing sounds is that you're making a sound and a movement which brings the awareness and the attention to the various organs of the body. I'm going to do it in the in the order of the five elements. So um, we always begin this with something that's called Ping Chi, which is a breathing exercise. We breathe in through our nose, out through the nose. As and We're going to do this ten times to begin with. So coming up... shoulders. Loosen things up a little bit, the upper body. So now let's just bring the hands to the lungs, two large organs on either side of the heart behind the ribs. Bring that loving attention there to the lungs. Bring the mind really into the lung area and smile, smile to the lungs. Wishing our lungs well. The color here for the lungs is sort of a silvery white. According to five phase theory, it's silvery white. Um, There's an emotion here. It goes from uh, grief and um, sorrow to courage in the face of grief and sorrow. The color is a um, silvery white. um, There's a mental quality here too as we're bringing the mind to the lungs. The mental quality is intuition. So those parts of us that intuit often come in through our breath and through the lungs. The sound we're going to make is sia. It's sia. It's a very syllabate sound. And we make this as we come up, we breathe in, and then we breathe out. Um, this is kind of a burst of sound. And so the idea is not to hold it as long as you can or to sing it as loud as you can, but to make it a real syllabus like a breath. So again, we come up. Three Ping cheese. The shoulders, bringing the hands to the lungs, bringing the inner smile to the lungs, letting go of grief and sorrow, opening up to courage, bravery, willingness to face whatever is in front of us. The lungs. It's the time of the year when the lungs can be challenged by respiratory illnesses. So this practice of the this healing sound for the lungs can be useful. May the lungs be well. May they be healthy. And happy. And we're going to bring our attention to the next of the on the cycle of the elements. The kidneys. The kidneys are the water element. The idea here is the metal of the, the lungs can be formed into a cup to hold the water. So The water of the kidneys. I think of this too as going from the two big organ, the big organ that's kind of a bilateral organ on the front of the body, that, the lungs, to the same on the back, the kidneys. Um, it's a bilateral organ of water, uh, the water element. Um, some, you know, I've read some translations where they talk about the metal element. If we brought it to the West, that would be air um, rather than metal. So you think about going from air, metal, to water. Um, so we're going to the water element of the kidneys. The color here is a deep indigo blue. It can be a oh, excuse me, yes. Yeah, it's kind of a, by the bottom of the ribs, right under the rib cage in the back. Yeah, thanks. Um, the color here is a deep indigo blue, though a, almost a black um, color. It's the most yin of the organs. Um, and all the organs we're discussing here, the, the lungs, the kidneys, the, um, the stomach, spleen, the, the gallbladder or the uh, liver, and are all about the, the yin organs of the body. Um, but the kidneys um, are the most yin. The, uh, the motion associated with the kidneys is fear and, um, and the uh, overcoming of fear with equanimity and calm. Um, realizing, well, maybe there's really nothing to be afraid of. I can be calm. The mental quality of the kidneys part of the mind that is is in the kidneys, is about spontaneity, the ability to spontaneously act, courageously act, out of calm, without fear. So the sound here with the kidneys is chue, and um, I've never read a really good pronunciation, or a really good spelling of this, but, and some uh, teachers divide it into three parts, chue, we, e, um, but we, we rub the kidneys and then we come out as we make the sound, chuei. Um, so we're bringing that healing touch to the kidneys. Breathing in. Chuei! Chuei!
0: Chuei!
1: Three Creeping Chi. shoulders now bringing those hands over the kidney area just below the ribs and the back whatever way is comfortable bringing some loving touch and the inner smile to the kidney area may we be free of fear may we be calm resting in equanimity May the kidneys be healthy and happy. Peace. So from the water element, water makes things grow. So we're gonna come around to the wood element. The liver, the liver is the big organ, kind of triangular shaped organ, behind the rib cage on the right side. Uh, Kind of extends down below the ribs a little bit. The color here is a teal green, a kind of a turquoise uh, green. Um, The the emotions (coughs) associated with the liver are anger and kindness. And it's interesting because what makes us angry? We get angry if we're frustrated, if something in the world is not the way we want it to be, right? Mark's been talking about what if, or if only? If only we had a better president. If only um, I didn't have this ache or pain. If only my mom wasn't sick. If only I'd written that letter I needed to write, I could be happy. Well, the liver is very affected by that if only. The world isn't like we want it to be. The liver gets frustrated and it gets, and so there's this pent up feeling in the liver of anger. Um, the other side of that is kindness, is that softening, understanding, yeah, the world's not like I want it to be, but what do I know? Um, maybe the world should be completely different than I think it should be. Um, who knows, you know, it's the, Joseph Goldstein talked about this. Who knows, what do I know? Uh, we have this presumption, we know. Well, we, maybe we don't know. The liver can let go, and, and uh, you others with kindness and um, view the world and ourselves with kindness. So the liver wants us to move, it wants the chi to move. Um, so that's a big part of it. If, if we're having liver trouble, if your liver's achy, if you're feeling angry and frustrated, go for a walk. That's usually one of the best things you can do to get that liver freed up, is go for a walk. Get out there, move in the world, especially in the natural world. Um, one, in Chinese medicine, the, the pill you give people, the, the the remedy for liver congestion is, it's called free and easy wanderer. It's called rambling powder. I mean, there are these great metaphorical names for the herbs you give people for liver problems that have to do with this congestion or stuckness uh, that we get into. Um, I, I think that's it. We need to go be free and easy wanderers. We need to be, you know, Go off down a, down a garden path or a forest path if you don't know where it's going. You don't have a purpose. You don't have a goal. You're just walking for the pure joy of being out in nature. That's what the liver really wants. Um, so being kind to of the liver means that. Also, the liver is about guess which emotional, which, which mental activity Emotional sensitivity, it's about sensitivity. So people who are very sensitive have sensitive livers usually. Um, a lot of artists, probably a lot of artists in this room, um, have that as, a, as often a problem area. Um, so the sound for the liver, um, and I always like to say, you know, the liver doesn't want the world to say no to it. So the sound for the liver, sure. <laughs> sure, everything's fine, sure. So, and it is actually, sure. It's kind of like that. It's the liver's on you, sure. Um, so the, the movement for the liver is, we um, come up, and as we come down, we let our hands come down and we make the sound. So, the element? wood. Wood growth. Spring it wants to move, wants to come up. It wants to burst out and get things moving. Um, so spring is what kind of the liver. In fact, a lot of people have trouble in the spring uh, because of liver congestion. Um, it can come back in the fall as well, but the spring is often a time of liver congestion. Okay, so coming up. Choo- Ooh. See that we're following in um, five-phase or five-element theory, there's this cycle. So the, the cup of, of uh, metal holds the water of the kidneys. The water of the kidneys nourishes the wood of the liver. The wood of the liver feeds the fire of the heart, the fire element. The um, emotions associated with the heart are... be on the negative side, hatred, you know, that sort of repulsion of things uh, that we don't like, that we uh, feel repulsed by, uh, to joy, and uh, being open to the world and joyful in the world. Um, The color, of course, of fire is red. Um, The mental uh, qualities associated with the heart, and as I said earlier about In Chinese culture and in many other cultures, the the center of the mind was considered to be the heart. Um, The mental qualities here are creativity and will. So both the creative impulse to be creative in the world, to do things creatively, um, and the will to do that um, are centered from the heart. There's also a connection between the heart and the tongue. So being able to speak clearly and to have our innermost thoughts, our our innermost wisdom really blow out of us. Uh, It comes from the heart. When we're coming from the heart, it's hard to go wrong, right? Um, Especially if the heart is filled with joy. Um, So being joyful and being able to speak clearly are are very very connected, I think. So the heart, the sound here is ah, oh, and this one we do, uh, we come up, we, make this, we come up like this, we come down, and then we make the sound as we come up again and release. Um, so just find something between ha, ho, somewhere in there that resonates and seems to vibrate with your heart. So begin. Ho. Oh. And rested and then saying goodbye to the heart, and going down into the lower part of the rib cage on the right. We're going from the fire element to the earth element. So the earth element here is the, the spleen, stomach. Um, so. Uh, Some people say the spleen pancreas, because the pancreas actually is involved as well in digestion. In Chinese medicine, they talk about, you know, we take in qi through the air. We take in qi through our food, and our lungs convert, the lung qi converts that air qi into, and combines it then with the qi of the spleen, the qi from our food, uh, from the skin and stomach, and that creates the qi that goes all through the body and helps both motivate and, and uh, move us through, through the through life. It also helps protect us. There's another type of chi that's created called the wei chi, which is protective, and uh, we need to have really strong wei chi this time of year. Keep out all the all of the uh, external things that could invade us and make us sick. So. Combining the chi of the lung and the spleen, kidney, or the spleen, pancreas, stomach is very important to giving us the strength to get through our lives and to protect ourselves. The um, the spleen color is sort of an amber, yellow, brownish yellow. Um, It's the earth element, so that makes sense. And the time here is the time we're in right now. It's kind of late summer, early fall. time of harvest, so all the food's coming in, it's going to go to our body, it's going to make the earth stronger, it's going to make our bodies stronger. Um, the emotions associated with this thing are anxiety, worry overthinking, thinking, um, sort of that tendency we all have to dwell on things too much, you know, to let something get in there like an earworm and just pick away at us. Um, so that kind of tendency usually points to a little problem with display. And you know, if you do that too much, you're going to really upset your digestion. So that makes sense. Uh, if you're too anxious, if you're too worried, digestion can be really thrown off. The other side of that is empathy. So in there there's a tendency to want to be empathetic, right? So we want to be empathetic, but if you take empathy too far, it can come it can become worry or anxiety. So empathy is good it's going to be empathetic but there's also a balance there that we have to know where that balance is being empathetic but not being overly worried or anxious about someone else um, and about ourselves the mental quality here is clarity so clarity of thought uh, becomes a part a function of the mind that's, that's situated in the spleen stomach that's why it's important to have a clean diet and to not overeat and to not undereat. I mean, be be careful about food and be joyful about food. Um, So the sound that's made for the spring, the healing sound is hoo. It's kind of like, you know, the owl in the woods, the wise owl. Um, So we make this, the the movement is, um, we just do it one time. We start out with our hands in this position. We come, as we breathe in, one hand goes up, the other hand goes down. We turn as we breathe out, breathe in again, hold it for 10 seconds. And then at the end of that 10 seconds, we come back, making the sound cool as we come back. So we'll do it one time. So, breathing out, breathing in, turning, breathing out, deep breath in and
0: uh-huh. hold mm-hmm.
1: Splaying some good energy, letting go of anxiety and worry, opening okay. up to empathy. This practice, there's one last, a sixth healing sound that we practice that uh, kind of jumps outside of five element theory, and kind of brings them all together really, uh, and that is the uh, the sound of just the breath. And so we do this one, um, we we'll do this one. We do it ten times, I believe. And so we just begin by breathing in, and then as we come down, we breathe out and make the sound. Now, here the idea is we're cleansing the whole body in a way. We're vibrating the skin. So you might think of it instead of an internal organ, we're bringing the, the, the awareness to the external, the skin. And it's actually not just the skin, but it's really that, I Remember I said earlier, Wei chi. It's that Qi that's on the exterior of the body that protects us. So this is a way of kind of calling it into action and bringing that inner smile, that loving kindness, that... That attention to that protective layer that is our skin and our uh, our waist sheet. So begin breathing in. Be careful not to hyperventilate. In standing or sitting position. You can place the right palm over the left palm in front of the Taoist prayer circle. Close our eyes. Let's see where the energy wants to go, where the mind wants to go. Maybe it makes the rounds again from the Lungs, kidneys, kidneys to the liver, the wood element of the liver to the heart, the fire, the joy of the heart feeds the, the empathy of the spleen and stomach. Clean stomach, feeds the courage of the lungs, and the cycle begins again. Again, I invite you in your practice, when you're sitting, standing, however you're practicing, to free the mind up from its anchor in the brain, behind the eyes. Let it wander. Let it go through the body, experiencing the internal organs, smiling to the internal organs, breathing into those organs as you would into your mindful practice, bringing the attention to different parts body is going to tell you where it needs that attention to go. And that's something we can all practice, I think. Okay, before we move on to the next segment, are there any questions that people have or thoughts about what we just did? Why don't you more than oh, Okay. Really a <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Why don't I? Why would I not do that? that? Okay, is that better? OK. Yeah? Have you ever done out of sync, so for example, if you're having respiratory issues, if you just do the respiratory sound, or if you always do the cycle? Well, you could do them out of sync, certainly. I would think if you're having respiratory issues, the lung exercise would be useful. In fact, you might want to do it more than three times. There's no hard and fast rule. Um, I'm doing them in this order because it's following uh, what in five phase theory is called the creative cycle, or the parent-child cycle. That you know, metal feeds uh, water, water feeds wood, wood feeds fire, fire feeds earth, earth feeds metal. So it's like um, a cycle of creativity. Uh, there's there are opposite cycles, um, uh, as you can imagine. The uh, the child, the uh, this, let's say the the wood element, uh, it drains the fire, or it drains the, the kidney, so the liver can pull the water from the kidney, so you can go backwards and, uh, and do it in a backwards sequence if there's one that's overriding the other. Uh, there's also the, uh, I always thought this was ironic, they call it the controlling cycle, and it's the grandparent-grandchild. Now, in my experience, grandparents don't often control their grandchildren very well, but that's what they call it in Ayurveda—that <laughs> you know the so the, the fire of the heart is controlled by the grandparent, the water of the kidney. So there's the idea that you know the fire helps to temp to dampen the fire, so it's not if the fire is going too much, then you don't want that. Um, you can have high blood pressure, you can have all kinds of heart issues. Um, So you want to dampen it. Um, So there's there's various cycles, and and there's this is the kind of thing you probably need to go to see a Chinese medicine practitioner for. And I don't mean that as a plug for my profession, but it just gets more complicated. And so in order to treat to do one thing and and have it um, bring a bring an organ into balance better, uh, you do that. But I I think this cycle that we just practice is kind of that's the Kind of the basic, the flow of how things should go if everything's working harmoniously. You could. No reason not to, I think. Yeah, I think especially for the lungs, I think that would be good. Any other questions? What's that? Hmm. Um, I have some things written down. There's a lot of stuff on... She says, uh, "Is it written down anywhere this?" Um, and there are lots of five-element charts out there. In fact, if you go online and just put in 5 element chart," it'll pop up with a chart that has all these things about the, each element and, and what they do. That's probably the easiest way. I don't know if we have anything on our website about that. No, no. So I don't think we do. Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's stuff out there, and um, there's this. Recordings that we're making, I guess, today. Okay. I'm going to the whistle here. So, um, for this next part, I am going to have to everybody stand up for a bit. Um, So maybe we should just do a little, um, we call this motion stepping lightly, just opposite arm and leg, slip some things up a little bit. And yeah, slow that down, and just, let's just shake it out a little bit too. Do the hokey pokey, whatever feels right to you. Um, we were just talking about last night. We were going to try to work in this reference to something. I think both Mark and I heard NPR maybe or someplace this week that about a study that you know when a lion is chasing an animal like a gazelle and the animal gets away, what does it do first? It chase to get that trauma out of its body. So I think shaking is a way to sort of let go of things. Um, I was talking earlier about congestion of the, of the liver, and uh, Sarah was talking about how the joints can get locked up and things can get really stuck in the wrists, for instance, or the neck or the shoulders is a big one. Um, so this kind of shaking things out is a way of just sort of shaking off that whatever it is that's causing the stress. being in the class all day and being asked to be mindful. <laughs> that is stressful, I think. <laughs> Enough, of <that>. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Enough of that. Let's watch TV. Let's shake it out. When Franz, our old teacher, would do this, he would have a, a shaker with him and he would get us going. And sometimes we'd go for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, just shaking. Let's bring that to a close. Um, I want to do a little experiment here about how and um, get around to um, some refinement of the actual qigong posture, but um, I want to kind of experiment with how posture affects awareness and uh, where awareness goes, depending on our posture, and um, so, has anyone here, this doesn't look like a very military room, but has anyone here ever been in the military? Not a soul, okay. <laughs> um, has anyone here ever seen the movie Across the Universe? You know, Beatles music set to a plot, um, it's kind of like they ripped off hair made it and put Beatles music to it. Um, but there's one scene in there where the guy goes to the recruiting station. It's a great scene. Uh, it's worth watching this for that scene. And because there are all these guys in this they're soldiers. They all look exactly alike and have square chins. Um, but anyway, I want us to try this. Let's come into what we think of as a military posture. Feet close together, knees locked Hips tucked under, stomach sucked in, chest out, shoulders back, head erect, eyes forward, arms rigid at our sides, the military posture. Okay. Where does your awareness go? Mm -hmm. Does it go out? Does it go up? I think there's a tendency for it to come right up here in me. It's like comes up. Now if you soften, let's soften the, the shoulders, let them droop. Soften the, even let the shoulders kind of round out so the back's uh, nice and flat, shoulders are kind of forward a little bit, belly's relaxed and down. Hips are tucked under but the knees are a little bit bent. Let everything sink. Now let's shift the weight to the right foot, lift the left foot, step out to the right Till the feet are shoulder-width apart, sinking back down, placing the tip of the tongue on the roof of the mouth. Let things settle. And now ask yourself, where do you feel you are centered? Where's the mind go? For me it tends to go down. And the heart, the belly. Actually can even go down into the ground. You can use your imagination. Send some roots out through that bubbling spring point in the bottom of the foot into the earth. They can go deep, deep into the earth, grounding us, rooting us to the earth. Arms are hanging loosely at our sides. Let's practice not standing rigid in this position, but swaying a little bit, shifting the weight to the right foot. And then back to the left foot. Do this very, very slowly. Be aware of all the subtleties of this movement. Back to the left. Back to the right. And when your weight's entirely on the right foot, it's almost like the left foot is empty, that it's not really supporting weight at all. It's almost just there for balance. And back to the left, same thing. Right foot. You could almost lift it off the ground and it wouldn't matter because you're balanced completely on one foot. bent, shoulders down, body relaxed. Breathing. Shifting the weight. This is almost like a a breaking down of Qigong into one of its simplest movements. Many of the movements involve this very subtle shifting of weight from one side to the other. And you'll notice that in this position, the feet shoulder width apart, relaxed, centered down in the dantia in the lower belly, your balance is really good that military posture, if you'd tried to lean like this from one side to the other, you would have toppled over. It's a, very, it's a very vulnerable posture, really, compared to this stance. So when we're practicing, I think, mindfulness meditation, it's good to have a variety of positions we can get into. Sitting is just One. You be mindful in the body, in movement, and especially with a very simple movement like this. It's easier to let, I find it sometimes easier in movement to let conditioning fall away to let reactions all the way to stay in the moment. Bringing it back to the center, centering over the two feet. Next movement we're going to try is shifting the weight to the toes and then back to the heels. This is a more subtle movement, but again, when you're fully on your heels, your toes could actually come off the ground, and the same when you're on your toes, your heels could come off the ground because the weight is completely transferred front to back. Turn this into a rotation, so going left heel, left toe, right heel, right toe, left heel, left toe, right toe, right heel. in this subtle movement, you kind of have to stay interested or you won't be able to do it. It's a way of in some ways deconditioning the mind so that this is important right now, moving like this. All that other stuff doesn't matter because I don't want to fall over. I want to be able to do this. And then reversing, let's go counterclockwise. Right heel, right toe, left heel, left toe, or left toe, left heel. to the stance. Let's step out with the left foot and bend the knee, lean forward, keeping the back straight with the back leg, weight is over the front foot, that's out, then really we come back. Same thing. The right leg is bent, the left leg is straight, the body is straight. This is another movement. It's very common, in a lot of Qigong and Tai Chi. Shifting the weight from one foot to the other, forward to back. And again, when you're fully forward, the back foot is on the ground, but there's no weight, it's an empty foot. You're fully back, the left foot is on the ground, but there's no weight there, it's empty. This is a kind of a yin-yang kind of a practice. You could think of it that way. You're putting all on all your weight, all your energy, all your intention into the leg that's balancing, but the other leg is still there. In your awareness, it's empty. And then it's full. And then it's empty. And then it's full. Back, stepping back, stepping out with the other leg. We'll do the same on the other side. All the weight forward, full leg, all the way back, empty leg. So the emptiness and fullness are reversing each time. And then finally coming back, stepping back. Coming into the basic stance again. Shoulder width apart, knees flexed, belly soft, shoulders down and rounded, chin tucked. Bring our hands in front of the belly, and like we're holding the ball, the chi ball. This is the. Where we use our imaginations again to hold the ball there in front of the dantian, and we can raise it up and lower it. As we raise it up, we imagine it coming up the back, over the top of the head, down the front. If you place the tongue on the roof of the mouth, it completes the circuit. The two primary acupuncture channels, the dew and the rim, the conception vessel and the governing vessel. The governing vessel, the dew, runs up the spine and the back, over the top of the head, ends in the roof of the mouth. The conception vessel, It goes from the tip of the tongue down the midline in the front of the body around the perineum and connects to the governing vessel again. This exercise is called in Taoist meditation, the microcosmic orbit. Circulating the chi through these two primary channels. Up the back, up the spine, over the top of the head, down the front. Through all the organs and around the perineum and then back up. Breathing in as we come up. And breathing out as we come down. To one more circuit up over the top of the head and back down. Let the hands come to rest on the dantian, just below the navel. Now there are some um, this, this movement we just did, the microcosmic orbit. It's not really part of our regular practice here at Common Ground um, with the Shavasana or eighteen harmonizing movements, but there are some parts of 18 harmonizing movements that use kind of a similar movement and a similar awareness of this fact that we are controlling this chi ball. So, I'm gonna kind of guide us through a few of those. Um, and the first one is, I like this one a lot. It's a very opening movement of 18 harmonizing movements. Um, I like it because, um, It it reminds me that the character, the Chinese character for qi is um, a cooking pot of rice. So there's a fire, there's a pot, there's some rice in it, and off the rice is rising steam. So the steam rising off of the rice, that's the character, that's what comprises this character for for qi. It's kind of the the most modern character for qi. That character's evolved through the, through the ages, but that's the character that's used now. Um, and this first movement of our Qigong practice, 18 harmonizing movements, is waving hands by the lake. And some one of the other names of it is mist rising off the water. Um, and another name for it is raising the chi. So I think of this as letting that chi just raise up and then sink back down. Breathing in, as we come up, and breathing out, as we come down, letting the chi rise, letting the chi fall, letting the yin come up, touch the yang and come down, yang comes down, touches the earth, touches the yin. Just take your awareness, sit out under your hands, down in your belly. Next step of this one is to come up and then out, spreading that chi out, bringing it back together and back down. Opening at the top of the mountain. So you can imagine the Chi ball coming up, expanding, and then contracting, coming back down to the Dantian, and then up again, expanding, contracting, and down to the Dantian. Next time you come up, let's come all the way up and have the ball between your hands and swaying from right to left. We call this swinging the rainbow. But you also think of it as like you have a big beach ball. A big beach ball of between your hands. You're bending from side to side, opening up the sides, opening up those channels. And the upper hand, she's really kind of come over the top of the head with this, so it's almost like it's connecting with that point on the top of the head. Hundred meetings. Crown chakra. Coming down, the arms come down. And then we're going to spread the arms out, turning to the side. Right arm comes forward, left arm falls back. Again, imagine you're playing with this chi ball. This is called coiling silk on air. But it also, I think, is kind of like a way of just sort of pulling taffy with the chi. It's like imagining that she is some substance you can pull it and push it at the same time. And you'll notice when you're kind of in the middle of this position, your hands form the mudra like the Buddha has here. Giving and getting at the same time. Pushing and pulling. Energy is coming in, energy is going out. Staying in balance. Bringing that one to a close. I'm going to jump ahead in the 18 harmonizing movement sequence because I want to give you again a sense of playing with the chi. In this one, you step out with the left foot and you push like you're pushing that chi ball away. Pushing and then pulling. Again, a very yin and yang movement. Breathing out, breathing in. Pushing away, pulling back, moving outward, retreating, we call this pushing waves, but you can also think of it as pushing and pulling the chi. Pulling back, stepping back, stepping out with the other foot, and pushing and pulling. Breathing out, breathing in. Expanding and contracting. here, your weight is shifting completely from one foot to the other. So, full and empty foot. Pushing out one more time, pulling back, stepping back, letting the arms come down. And then the last of the movements I'm going to do with you today is called um, It has different names, um, but it's called, we're we're using the opposite arm and leg, and we're raising the leg lowering the arm. So it's like we're walking through some tall grass. Um, There are different names for this movement, but one of them is, is about bouncing the ball. So it's bouncing the chi ball, like some sort of cosmic basketball player um, the weight shifts from one foot to the other. It's a really good balancing exercise. Breathing in as you come up, breathing out as you come down, shifting. expanding, contracting. And one more time on each side. To close. The final movement in 18 harmonizing movements is uh, gathering fragrances of the earth. And in this one, we reach down into the earth, breathe up, and then breathe out uh, three times. And we're reaching down, really collecting all that chi and then bringing it up and down into the Dantian. So let's do this three times. Reaching down, breathing in. Letting it settle in the Dantian. Breathing out, breathing in. One more time. Check your Qigong stance. Feet shoulder width apart, knees flexed, belly soft, shoulders down. Turn as much attention as possible to the Dantian area. Open yourself up to the possibility that this is where your mind is actually located right now. And the mind can visit different parts of the body. The lungs, kidneys, liver, spleen, the heart. The dantian. Lower dantian. And now let's bring our hands up to our hearts. Open them up. Bring our minds to our hearts. Open ourselves up to this possibility of that this open heart, this tender open heart, is where our minds really are at rest. It seems like our most vulnerable place, but it's also our strongest place, most creative space, the place we can speak the truth that we see. And we have gratitude to ourselves, we have an inner smile for this open heart and for the open hearts of all those around us, in this room, in this community, in this world, our families, friends. And we share this gladness, this inner smile, these good wishes for peace, equanimity, compassion, with everyone, with ourselves and with all beings everywhere. May we all be at peace. Opening our arms, bringing them back down to the Dantian. And then in Qigong, we close by raising the left hand, open hand, the right hand, loose fist. Bring those together and we bow down.
2: Okay, everybody. Let's get uh, let's get started. Um, and it's okay if people are are still finding their way to seat. Um, but we'll just we'll just get settled and um, and begin with this mindfulness of eating. And um, so let's let's just start by feeling your posture. And just kind of. Being seated in a in a way that the belly can be relaxed, right, a throat relaxed, the whole channels of digestion. This can be easy. In the tongue, the jaw, kind of coming into the body in this very direct way, and just noticing the attitude in the mind. Any tone, excitement or agitation or ease or impatience, whatever it might be. Just sort of feeling the tone of the mind in uh, anticipation of the meal. So the idea in mindfulness of eating is to open all the senses to be really alert with smelling, with seeing, with feeling, particularly with tasting, and the sense of touch as we chew, as the as the food moves down through the system. But the very first step is just to is a moment of contemplation, uh, just sort of looking at the meal that you have in front of you. And appreciating all the conditions that had to come together for this meal to arrive on your plate. So we can just have that reflection for a moment. All, all the forces that had to move together to give us this meal. take a, a moment to just even look and appreciating visually the food, its colors, its textures. As we, as we begin the process of, of eating, we can notice, first of all, the intention. For instance, the intention, I'm now going to take a bite, right? Or now I'm now going to lift my hand to take hold of, of the spoon or, or something. So, so we're, we're conscious of our gestures, taking hold, maybe feeling the coolness, the texture of, of what we're holding. We don't have to be heavy about it, but just noticing in a really light way and then what it feels like to dig in in whatever way that you're doing. Lifting, 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 right? The weight of the food as you're, as you're moving, feeling the intention, And then the opening of the jaw, right? And then taking the food and, and really spending time with the chewing of the food, really until it's like liquid in the mouth. Just tasting, really having the opportunity to taste, to see the changing of the textures, to see the saliva at work, the action of the jaw, the action of the teeth. And then just the mechanism as that food moves to the back of the throat. And then we trace it, like how far can you feel that food as it moves down the throat, the esophagus. If it's very warm or very cool, you might even be able to trace it to the stomach. So just just being intimate. And then pause at the end of that first swallow and then begin again. So really take it slow. And this can be, um, we'll just do this for about 10 minutes, and then you can eat normally and quickly, so don't feel like you've got to, because it's really slow. So, yeah, so just really take the time, feeling the gesture, feeling the bodily movements, all the senses awake, smelling, tasting, feeling, and staying relaxed as best you can. Just grounded in the body. I'll ring a bell in about ten minutes and then we can just go into a normal normal eating.
1: Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.